Sanders or Saunders? Saunders. Drew Saunders on board. He's another trainer uh, that works at the same place I work at IHF and runs his own. I uh, was Island Body Fit. Island Body Fitness. Yep. Yes. And um, me and him have got got some um, ideologies in common. Some things that um, we relate on. So we figured we'd come on and talk about those today. About the common things that we see as trainers when picking up clients and uh, things that are misconceptions or stuff that people don't realize that we have to teach them. So that's what we're going to go into today. But first, uh, Drew, go ahead and give a background about how where you come from, how you got started into training, and everything like that. Sure, sure. So, what's up, guys? My name is Drew. Um, I got into training probably about eight or nine. Oh shit! Actually, almost ten years ago now. I think about it. Um, just because wanted to be a, a bigger, better person, basically. Um, started off really skinny. I was an ectomorph, and needed that to change. And so I got into training. And um, that pretty much just evolved into a hobby, which turned into a passion, and now it's a career. So I have been doing, I have been training clients for about five or six years. I'd say five years officially, meaning underneath my own company name. Um, six years, I kind of did my first year where I was just training friends and, and, and family and stuff like that. And so now it's a, it's a full-blown business for me. Um, Train mostly out of uh, you know whatever gyms are available here in Hawaii. We've got a few that offer uh, outside trainers. Um, I used to train for three years at a gym called Kapaka Fitness in Kapaka. Um, because of COVID, they're no longer around anymore. And um, in between then, um, I was always training myself for a, a change of scenery at IHF where you're at. And then when COVID happened, IHF kind of just came in the picture for me. And so I've been training myself and my clients at IHF and um, with this downtime here in Hawaii with no gyms being open um, I kind of started my own gym at my house I bought a shit ton of equipment and uh, I've been training people at my own outdoor facility that I've, I've kind of created so yeah we've um me and my room actually started doing the same thing she bought some stuff and then I bought a few things and now we're trying to pave the backyard and I've had my clients been coming over because we're allowed to train outside you know so I've been yeah. It's, um, I'm kind of actually glad we got this stuff because now, uh, you know, we got some ideas on where to go with it once the gyms open back up. That's another good thing about Hawaii is um, we have the corporate entities so where you can kind of get your foot in the door and get started. But then once you get good and you can start going off on your own, there's plenty of mom and pop places you can go and do your own independent thing and nobody bothers you. So yeah. um, for train and, and there's always a market because we have tourism, we have the military, we have people that are staying in shape all year round because the weather here is about the same every damn day with a little bit of a rain in the winter time. That's it. So yeah. uh, the, besides the cost of living is as far as being a trainer, this is a really good place to start, at least start that career to get to get, uh, get your feet under you. Yeah, I, I totally agree with, yeah, pretty much everything you said there. The year round body beach body thing is a, is a real thing here. Um, for a lot of people either just coming in from the military or people who have lived here their whole lives. I have a mixed conglomerate of, of both sides uh, when it comes to clients. So it um, works out pretty well. What type of people do you usually, the majority, do you, you work with? Or do you, uh, I don't want to say choose to work with, but usually come to you to get training? Usually come to me. I have, I'd say about 80% of my clients are military. Um, because we have such a large military presence here in Honolulu, um, and they have requ physical requirements. And from what I've gathered, what I've learned, uh, the military fitness is horseshit. They have no yeah. clue what they're doing. Yeah. Absolutely 
horrible form that they're taught. Um, their requirements are what I consider below my actual bare minimums. And so a lot of them are weight loss clients. Um, I, I, I primarily do weight loss clients. I do bodybuilding clients occasionally, depending on uh, who it is and how far they want to go, because my background isn't really in bodybuilding, but I've done enough of it on my own where I feel very comfortable teaching somebody and training somebody to a certain extent. You ever, um, you ever noticed the, when, when I first started, I was known for getting people ready for military fitness tests and the weight standards. Are are you, um, do you feel like I do about how their knowledge seems to be like 20, 30 years behind? Yes. A hundred percent. That's exactly what I feel like the, the military's fitness ideas are exactly that 30 years behind what we knew, what I knew we were being taught when I was in PE class, when I was in sixth grade or whatever, that's what they are expected to do now. And the reality is it's wrong. Uh, form wise, it's wrong. Nutritionally, it's wrong. And with today's American diet, it's a disaster. Well, I mean, also taking account they're never provided the environment or the means to stay in shape. They're always having to, like, if you go to the small barracks, you just have shit food stores and, and gas stations and the uh, time to work out is very minimal. And then when the people do conduct their workouts, it's just run, 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 run. And all you're doing is just increasing the percentage of disability they're going to be drawn. And when they get out, and not really doing any good for them as far as fitness or getting a weight off. This is very true. It's very true. I, I agree. Um, majority, like I said, of my, my military clients um, are weight loss. Some of them are just in it because they want to better themselves and pass that test with excellence. Um, as of like two years ago, the military and being, I want to say the army, because there's you know a few different branches, obviously, but the army really increased their physical tests. Um, a basic test of push-ups, sit-ups, and a run to having to deadlift three quarters of your weight. You have to do some crazy elbow to knee pull-up. Yeah. Have to do, I mean, just in a not. It was basically they, they went from a PE test to a CrossFit event. Yeah. And they expect all these people who have not been training and are not in shape to pass it, or they're going to kick them out. Taking is gender neutral too. Yeah, and like this is ridiculous. Like. You can't expect these people to go from zero to hero that fast. Yeah. So I had a lot of people reaching out to me to get them set up to get them on the right path. And I think the biggest misconception with not just that group of people, but people in general is it takes a lot more than it takes a lot of time. It takes a lot of time to retrain a body, especially the older you get. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it, like, even if you go from bodybuilding and decide you want to be a, a fitness performance or something like you got the muscle, but you got to train it to do different things. It's a, uh, it's a different ball game. And I've, I've seen, I've worked with people that did the old fitness test and are doing the new one. And it, it is a lot different. And there's, um, I honestly think that all the exercises they had to get you ready for aren't valid. I, I'm trying to come up with some better stuff, but, um, I like the idea of gender neutral, but at the same time, like you're going to have to get people time to get to that standard. Like you said, you can't just expect people that are used to a uh, difference in standards to all of a sudden come to the same standard, like overnight and pass this test. Yeah. I mean, I have clients who tell me like, Oh, I got to pass this test. Uh, like give an example. I had some come to me in, in uh, January and they wanted to prepare for the test that was potentially happening this October, which has been postponed. Um, I was like, okay, eight months doable we can do this but now i've actually recently had a client come to me 
who wants to lose 30 pounds in three months and she's 51 years old. Like, whoa, that doesn't happen like that. Yeah. I know what it takes to lose 30 pounds, um, sustainably healthy. Um, but it's not something that most people are ready for it. That, that is grueling, grueling training and, and dieting. But, um, I'm, I'm super honest with people when I, when I can consult with them, letting them know that I can, I don't do yo-yo diets. I don't do crash diets. I can be a drill sergeant if you want me to, but the reality is it's going to take you a lot longer than three months. What do you think? Um, what factors determine, like it could be muscle gain, fat loss, whatever, but what, what factors do you think determine how long their goals are going to take? Now I know the goal is going to make some difference, but let's say fat loss. If somebody comes up and says, I want to lose 30 pounds, what do you start looking at to determine what's a realistic goal for them? Um, I, I ask them questions. What has your athletic background or history been? Have you, if, if someone has been athletically fit in the past, meaning in the last five to 10 years, then their muscle memory rebound is going to be a lot faster and better. Um, you don't have to teach them things that their body's going to remember after they practice it a couple of times. If you come across some people who have never been physically active in their entire lives and they want to lose 30 to 60 pounds, you're, you're looking at year. Uh, you've got to train them. You've got to get them on a good diet, good habits, and that just takes more time. Um, that's, that's, that's kind of been my experience is I always ask people, what's your background? Yeah. I, if, if usually what I've noticed is, um, if somebody's trying to start working out again, their body tries to get back to its peak point as quick as possible. And then you try to go from there. So former athletes, people have played a lot of sports in high school. They seem to get on a regimen and snap back a lot faster than somebody that's like sat on their ass all their life. And all of a sudden wants to do this 180 because not only is the body reacting a certain way, but you also, like you said, have to break these habits that they're used to and they don't understand why they have to change these habits. So now you got to dig even deeper into the science and explain this is why we're doing every single thing as far as like sleeping eight hours to, you know, you, you're eating twice a day and you're eating shit. So you have to speed your metabolism up. So now we have to give you food that digests faster just so it speeds up. And this is the stuff that they, they don't understand. So right. it, just explaining stuff and getting their body in the rhythm is going to take a lot more, which the former athlete either already knows this stuff or their body's already been primed before and it's going to snap back to it. Like, yeah, exactly. And then that's, that's been, my exact experience. And that's why I always dive, I go backwards for a little bit to get some information before I set up their current plan before we move forward. Um, and it, it's always been pretty successful with me for one of the clients that I, I choose to work with. It's good that you do that. Cause um, that shows right there that you already tailor to each person. Like you can't take a person on two to two meals a day and throw them on six. It's just a, hey, yeah. I mean, you have to start, you have to start at their level and then work them up to your level as their body starts giving you symptoms that it's ready to change. That's how, that's how I put it to people. It's, um, yeah, it's, that's definitely something people need to consider. Uh, a lot of these people that you idolize and stuff on Instagram or whatever, you know, they've been doing this shit all their life. It's like, it's like the lady that's afraid to get too big when she lifts weights. You gotta understand like these women yeah. have been training for years to, to get like this, you're not going to accidentally get like this in a couple of weeks just because you walked in a damn gym and got a membership. Yeah, no, no, that, that I don't want to get too bulky. Um, I've heard that before from a few clients and I chuckle every time because I'm like, look, he's like you said, I've been training for 10 years, uh, which I've learned is actually only a third of what most experienced 
and uh, experts have been doing. I mean, I know people who have been training for 30 years, um, and they're not even bulky. So it takes a lot of time to get the quote-unquote, I don't want to get bulky thing. But um, body type, I find, has a lot to play with it too. Um, I have worked with a couple of clients who um, tend to put on muscle a lot quicker than they take off fat. And so you have to be able to recognize body types and see how they are adapting to the training you're giving them so that they're not going to look bulky if you continue on the same path. So there is some observation that's involved. Do you think that um, women can be pushed harder diet-wise than men? Mm, yes, I do. I do. Um, 80% of my clients are females, um, which I still to this day find to be interesting. I got into this business thinking I was going to train a bunch of bros. Yeah. You know, guys go for guys. And, um, I, I tend to have females flock to me way more than men. And the females really stick to the diet a lot better than the guys do. Yeah. Um, well, I'm just, guys I'm just, will tend to start off good, but um, they fall off fast. And um, I've noticed, you know, women, they can, I forgot what the condition is called, but they can be pregnant and get to that point where they can't eat anything and the baby will still come out healthy and nobody's dead. And you realize that the woman's body, since it's made to reproduce, is, is fucking, it, it can withstand a lot. And there's been times where I've had women who body are stubborn and we've went down to minimal food and I have, I, to the point where I feel bad for how much I'm making them do, but it works. And it's like guys would just shrink away if you did that to them. Yeah, Those guys. I um, I've had I have not trained any females that were pregnant or got pregnant during training, but I have worked with a handful of females who had just had a baby and they're trying to lose the weight um, recently, or if they had just had a baby two years ago, they're trying to lose the weight. And what uh, I think is important for females to know is, if you're gonna have a baby. Getting back in shape right after that baby is the best time to do it. That's when your body is still changing. It's ready. If you wait thinking, oh, I'm going to have a child, I'm going to you know, wait a year, and then I'll get back in shape, you're missing a really good window of opportunity to get back in shape. Yeah, pump that breast milk and get those calories burning. Get that stuff off. I mean, yeah. now when I was talking about pushing the women, I wouldn't do that to a pregnant lady, but seeing how pregnant women can be during pregnancy, I realized that women can be pushed harder in general. So – there was one lady I trained, she wasn't pregnant, and we cut her food down and, and got it, and her fat came off, and within six weeks, she went from not even being called out to finishing top 10 in the next contest. But the, um, the as far as um, training after pregnancy, yeah, like I've, I've had people do that, and if they breastfeed, I tell them, like, wait till you get, you know, where you're comfortable being lean, because once you come off of breastfeeding and you get that hormone shift, you're going to rebound for a little bit and the hormones are going to cause a little bit of weight gain, but you kind of have to wait until they regulate back out. So if you do that already with the extra weight on and then stop breastfeeding and then get that rebound, it's going to be really uncomfortable. Yeah. You know, no, yeah, that, that's true. I mean, hormones in females is, is a factor that I don't think a lot of women take into consideration. Um, they all know they have them because they have, we all have emotions, but the hormone um, complexity is a little bit more difficult when it comes to dieting, depending on if you're doing extreme weight loss or if you're gonna be doing competition where you're, you're getting into the very single, potentially single uh, body fat percentages. So um, with guys, it's just testosterone. Put them on some heavy weights, give them some cardio, make sure they do a damn diet, 
and it's fairly simple. But with females, it's a little bit more different. You've got the monthly cycle that comes around. I make sure I tell all my clients, like, you're female. Let me know when your cycle's coming up because that's the week that we need to pay attention and adjust your training level because you're not going to be feeling great and you can't be pushing, you shouldn't be pushing your body um, to its limits on those days. I've noticed that some of the symptoms they get when they're on their period mimic symptoms of maybe their metabolism slowing down, like losing appetite or getting bloated. And so we have to see when their cycle comes around to make sure that it's not that. And usually during the week of, the symptoms will mask any progress. So I usually say compare before it started to after it started to see if things work. Don't worry, just stay on the plan during because making changes during, it could be because of something the hormones cause. And I also noticed not every woman has her period symptoms at the same time and has her cycle at the same time. Hell, as far as hormone levels, women are so different from each other. Like some of them can process protein just like a guy and some can't eat hardly at all. And it's really weird how the hormone levels are different per female as you know, versus guys, you can kind of get a general area. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I mean, uh, I have some girls who struggle to get the meals and the protein levels, the, the macros essentially in each time. And some girls have no problem. Um, sometimes I chalk it up to hormones. Sometimes I chalk it up to what do you want? Do you want this or do you not? Yeah. Um, some people just have that mental fortitude to be able to go, this is what I got to do. I got to do this every single day for this long and you get the product. Others are like, eh, you, you kind of got to play with it. You got to tease them. You got to change it up constantly. So it also depends on the person and, and their mindset. What do you think is the hardest obstacle for clients? Like your clients specifically, what's the one thing you see most of them have a hard time overcoming to get them to where they want to be? Understanding the concept of commitment and how long this is going to take. That I think is the biggest mental mindfuck for a lot of people. Um, clients hire personal trainers because we are the professionals. And then, then they automatically assume we know all the tricks that they're not finding on the internet or that their friend didn't tell them. And so when things don't start to happen as fast, that's when I look at them and tell them, look, we have a conversation here. This is going to take you longer than you think. And you have to enjoy the process. This is not a, something you just do for fun. Um, you know, it's kind of a cliche, but fitness is a lifestyle. And if you're trying to get in shape because of what you saw on Instagram, then you just want it. You desire it. But you don't, you don't this isn't something you're just going to do for fun. So I have some clients who have failed at it because the, it was taking too long for them. And I'm like, well, this is how long it takes for you. I have some clients who are in it to win it and they have no problem with the concept. I've, um, I've told people before, cause I'll, I'll get some of the same thing. They'll think it's going to happen faster because they hear all these, this miracle bullshit online or on TV. And I'll say, you know, I can sit here and be realistic and tell you how long it's going to take. And you can say I'm full of shit. You can walk out the door but all that time you're wasting looking for the magic answer that you'll never find, by the time you come back to me, think of all that time you wasted, you already could have been on the way to getting what you want. Yeah. Instead of wasting yeah. it looking for something that you're not gonna find. Wow. So you might as well go ahead and bite down and get started right now and get going. Yep, that's true. Start now, I mean, I have people contact me before they, I even actually see them or meet them. And I'll give them free advice. Look, if you're, being, if you're considering this to be serious, it's something you're gonna do in future, Start now. Start your diet now. Start 
some kind of training now because jumping straight into training, at least with me, my job is to get them in shape. My job is to push them so that they are making progress all the time. I'm not going to kill them, but it's going to be more difficult if you go from zero to 100 versus going from 50 to 100. Yeah. Um. Do you have people that think they can outwork a shit diet? Like they think um, they eat however they want, but if they just work harder, that it'll magically happen? Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, man, I tell you, if I had a dollar for every time I saw somebody, not just a client of mine, but somebody working out in the gym, and I know that their diet is off because their progress should be a lot more, or I've seen them eating like crap, I'd probably be half as richer as I already am. So, um, yeah, I actually have my own personal clients try and start off good with me on a diet, and then suddenly emotions, life, whatever gets in the way, they're not doing the diet, but they still want to come and do the training, and they're busting their ass. And I can, I know right away. Hell, I've even had clients pop out, pass out 30 minutes into a session simply because they did not eat prior to coming to training. You won't make it 30 minutes. And I'm not even a hard ass trainer. Like I can gauge and I'll know, did you eat? Okay, we'll find out in 30 minutes. Yeah. You will empty your body's uh, reserves in 30 minutes doing weight training and uh, metabolic boosters, guaranteed. Yeah, I can, I can tell when, when um, my clients don't follow their diet, they'll come in there and I'm like, you're not, you know, you should be able to push this. I've seen you do better than this. Then I ask them if they eat and they're hunched over. They're like, no, I didn't eat this morning. I'm like, well, remember how this shit feels because you should be doing a lot better and because you can't perform better than last time don't expect to get results from this one because you're not you're not eating the stuff to repair or recover or to even fuel what you're trying to do yeah that's that's true i mean there's a whole community out there uh called eat to perform and i try and break it down into analogies for just general ease of digesting it mentally which is for guys, guys are relatable to cars. Most guys will relate to cars. If you go out there and you buy a hot new fancy sports car and you think it's gonna perform its best on the track with shit tires and shit gasoline and shit oil, you're joking, you're kidding yourself. Your body is no different. If you're putting in good fuel and you're, and you're giving it good rest, it will perform at its best. But if you're feeding it McDonald's and all this crap food, I still blows my mind that people today, even with COVID going around, are still shoveling down their freaking throats. I'm like, oh my God, we can make some things illegal, but we're not making this stuff illegal, which is killing more people than COVID. Oh yeah. Um, usually I had somebody mention something like that to me there. I noticed that's what they were doing. They're trying to outwork their eating habits. And I say, look, if, if it were that easy, number one, I wouldn't have a job because all I'd be able to do is tell you to eat a bowl of ice cream and run around in circles all day and you would be a fucking supermodel. But you don't see that happening, right? You actually see yourself in the same spot, if not worse, and you're doing all this work and it's because you're eating like shit. So, I mean, this is these are the reasons why I'm here is to, to clear up these misconceptions and this BS you hear in the media and tell you the truth and get you on track. But if you still keep believing all these myths that you hear coming into here, like there's really no reason for me to be here. Yeah. I mean, I've done it both ways. Um, I've, as far as the diet is concerned, I've done the bodybuilder, eat the same thing every single day, the same macros to the T, weeks and weeks, months and months, year and year on end. I've done it that way. I burnt out. I, I got to a point where tuna was just, I, I can't even stand the, 
the thought of cracking open a tuna can right now. Um, I've done it so much. And then I switched over to, you know, the flexible diet. Uh, well, I think the general public's idea of flexible diet is a little different than uh, my holistic, natural, flexible diet. I mean, I still allow my clients to eat certain things within, obviously, their calorie and macro limit so that they're not stuck eating the same thing every single day. So if you can't muster up eating properly and eating consistently, then you will not have consistent results. That's how, that's just how the body, this isn't science, or rocket science. It's just science though. It's actually better to get various food sources throughout the day. Um, I don't like people eating the, I don't, I don't want people eating fish every meal every day or chicken every meal for the next day because you're eventually gonna develop a food allergy and you're gonna start getting uh, allergic reactions to the food. It's, um, I, I only save that for like the, the blue moon guy who's trying to compete and they cannot get any body fat off whatsoever unless they eat fish all the time. And that's only the last week, few weeks. And usually what I find out is when I do that, things speed up so much, I have to start throwing in steak and stuff just to slow it down because they're going to waste away anyway. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, that's true. I mean, the variety is so, so important. The, the bro, the quote-unquote bro diet, um, maybe it works for some on a bulk phase, but long-term, you're going to develop more issues down the road where you, you can't seem to lose the stubborn fat because you're going to build a bunch of it in that way. Speaking of the bro diet, bro science stuff, one thing um, I think I said in one of my podcasts a few weeks ago, people need to realize is sometimes asking the best looking person in the gym is not always the smartest thing because if that guy has good genetics and no matter what he does, he looks like that, he doesn't know a fucking thing about how to get like that. Ask the person that came in looking like shit and a few months later you start seeing that they're losing weight, gaining muscle, making changes. That's the guy you need to ask because he's doing something. He's got some knowledge. He's putting things together properly. And he's changing. Not He may not look the best, but he's changing. And you're wanting to change. So that's what you go after. Don't look at the guy that's looked good all his life because he probably has no idea how, how, to, how to get like that because he's always been like that. Yeah, no, it's true. I, I remember I watched that one. I heard you talk about that, and, it, and it's very true. I mean, even at IHF, I mean, there are a lot of great-looking people who have put in a lot of time and effort, blood, sweat, and tears, if, if you will. Um, but they're not always, like you said, they're not always the best ones to ask, especially for the novice people or the people who are trying to get back into shape. You want to relate with somebody. You want to talk to somebody who's more relatable to your, your situation. So if you're coming in and you're eyeing up this IFBBF pro, this person has been doing it for freaking 10 plus years. And like you said, they, their genetics are probably superior. Um, people who have superior genetics tend to have an easier time with it. And they don't have to fuss with uh, the problems that an endomorphic person who's very sensitive to carbohydrates has to deal with. So, yeah, you want to definitely make sure you keep your eyes open and talk to the other person. You know, and who's to say they don't have a trainer? Some of these guys just want to do the work and win. They don't give a shit about putting the plan together. So they hire a trainer and they listen to them. And then you come out and say, hey, what do you do? Like, man, I don't know. I just get my email from my trainer and just do what he does and what he tells me to do because I have the genetics, I'll do the work, I'll eat the food, but I, some people don't want to deal with all the formulas and everything. I've, I've had other trainers hire me for contest prep because they're training people and they don't want the stress of doing their own stuff. You know, so yeah, like you said, sometimes the pro bodybuilder isn't always the person to ask. It just depends. Uh, and, but the, th the thing about IHF and some of the other gyms here on Island, like especially IHF, I've noticed we got so many good trainers. If you ask all of them some questions, you're going to get some good knowledge. 
Yeah. So, yeah. Ask the people that are doing this for a living and, you know, ask a few people, ask two or three, cause you haven't hired anybody. So you're not dedicated to one yet. If you start getting the same answer on the same question from two or three people, that's probably the right fucking answer. Yeah. It's probably the right answer. I mean, an another big, um, Oh, deciding factor, I should say for, for people, clients looking to hire a trainer is I, I found like some people will go to the guy or the girl who looks the best. Um, but yet you guys don't mesh personality wise. Yeah, that's a big one. You know, you guys, you guys are going to be looking at each other's face, hearing each other's voices day in, day out for weeks on end. You want to make sure that you vibe with the person. I mean, it's, it's one of the things that I, I, uh, make sure I go through before I even hire a client, I'll give them a free consult. I sit yeah. down with them for an hour and I talk to them, find out what their background is, what kind of person are they? It's not only an interview for me, me interviewing them, but them interviewing me. And I know that they just want, they want their fitness goal, which I understand, but I make them very, very aware. If you're gonna go with me, know that you're gonna see this face and you're gonna hear this voice a lot. And I'm gonna say a lot of shit that you might not like, but you gotta do it. Yeah, um, you know, I, I try to I try to warn people, like there there's gonna be times where I'm not gonna be your friend. I'm, this is why I do good with training military guys because they can take me giving them shit and they're not mad about it two days later. Like they know how it is. I I chew their ass now and it's over with. Fix it. Okay, we're good. Don't be bringing it up two weeks later. Um, but some people. Well, cause you know, like you said, our goal is to get them there. So if I know I can get under your skin and get you motivated a little bit, I'm going to do it. And some people can't handle that. So I get a lot of people that come to me that think we're going to mesh and I can sit there and talk to them and be like, this is going to be a fucking disaster. And it's not because you're not going to do the work. It's just, you don't want to do the work for me cause you're not going to like me. Yeah. It's, it's, it, it's important for the client, but it's also, I feel for me and it's for trainers, it's important for the trainer. No, I, I used to take on clients where I was like, all right, I'll do it. I'll do it because I can. But now I've gotten to the point where I've had a few bad clients where that hour was the longest fucking hour I've ever gone through. <laughs> yeah, and I, I swear, I was like, I will never do this again. I cannot wait for this hour to be over. Okay, good. You're done. All right, I'll see you later. And hopefully yeah. that later is like a week later. So I, I, don't, I don't take on clients that I don't vibe with because – it's more than just a job for me. It's my time too. And at the end of the day, I want to feel good about who I'm helping out as well as what I'm doing. Yeah. And it's also, if you find, if you, you know, sometimes you can sit down with a person and talk to them and you can tell this guy's going to half-ass or this girl's not going to do it. And if, if you don't put in a hundred percent, I am not going to be, I may, I may do everything I'm supposed to do, but I'm sure it's not going to be motivated to a hundred percent. When I see people that are, busting their ass and working hard and do what they can i will do i will go the extra mile for that person to help them but if you're half-assing it don't sit there and expect me to make up for that percentage you're not doing because it's a 50 50 like i can only i can only show you the road if you don't follow it there ain't shit i can do yeah no, it's true I, uh, another trainer i know said something once because i watched her weeks on weeks on weeks trying to train uh, a girl for weight loss and um, every time I would come into the gym, she was having this emotional conversation with this person. And I was just like, God, that's got to be so energy draining. And uh, she said, well, yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, you can't want it more than they do. It just doesn't make sense for you to want it more than them. Yeah. And so when I see that happening with clients, that's where I have to make a decision. I'm like, okay, if this continues, 
we're done. I, I can't want it more than you. I, if you're missing your sessions and you're not doing your diet, but yet you're complaining to me while the weight isn't coming off or you're not building the muscle because you're not training enough, I can't want it more than you. And so I, I usually will draw the line there. What, um, this just popped in my head because I get this sometimes. Um, do you ever get people that want you to train them but they can't stray away from the stuff that they think is working even though it's not working like they'll come in they'll tell you they've tried intermittent fasting or keto and all this but then you give them a program that's like let's say you put them on like some kind of baseline to kind of judge where their body's at and they start losing weight but then they're like no i think we should go back to keto and you're like it's fucking working why in the hell are you trying to change shit right now and it's yeah. when i get people like that that want they hire me to tell them what to do, but they keep doing their own thing. I'm like, once again, why am I here? But second, if everything you thought worked would have worked, you wouldn't have come to see me in the first place. So obviously the one thing you haven't done is what's going to work. So, I mean, at this point you got nothing to fucking lose. Yeah. I mean, do no, you get people like that? that you just, you just can't, you can't get them to change course no matter how many times they've seen themselves fail. I have had a couple. I tend to see it before it happens. And um, I'll tell them straight up, like, you're going to do it the way that I tell you to do it because I know it's going to work this way and I know it's going to be best for your body. Um, and if you decide to go your own different route, that's on you. And if the results don't happen, that's on you. I'm, I'm, I'm real big on letting them know in advance because, yeah, I've had people come to me and go, oh, well, my friend's doing keto and so I want to do keto. And I'm like, okay, you don't need to do keto. You don't have that much weight to lose. Or oh, what is, how does intermittent fasting work? I, I want to start doing intermittent fasting. Like, okay, well, your diet's been shit before you started intermittent fasting, so it's probably not going to work for you now. So, yeah, if they come to me with their own ideas, I'm like, um, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> because at the end of the day, it's my name on the fucking line. Yeah, it is. It's my name. And when it doesn't work out or something goes, worst case scenario, something goes wrong and they get injured or hurt somehow it's my liability so no i'm not going to let it you do what you want to do so you can hire me and have confidence that your idea worked yeah and if you're if you're you want to do something because your friend's doing it number one your friend ain't paying me so i don't give a shit what results your friend get and your you know what your friend doesn't give a shit what results you get and if your friend comes to me i'm gonna tell them they're full of shit too so don't that's not a reason to be asking me to change methods that i know work you know it's just I don't, I don't understand. I, mean, I know people don't like, we're creatures of habit, but if that same habit keeps producing a crappy product, you don't want to keep doing it. Like if somebody, somebody slips up on the diet and like, well, tomorrow I'll just skip a meal or two and then I'll make up for it. And they tell me this. I'm like, that's not going to work. Mm -hmm. And they'll be like, well, I don't understand why. I'm like, look in the mirror. That's why that's, that's what happens when you don't listen. And I, I can get to the science and explain it to you, but it's going to go over your head. Cause we've had this talk like five times. So I'm just going to tell you every time you screw up, Look in the mirror. That's what you're going to keep seeing, you know, and they're either getting motivated. They're going to get pissed. But in the end of the day, I'm telling them the truth. I mean, I'm not, I could be being a dick, but I would be doing them injustice if I wasn't telling them this stuff. Yeah, no, it's, it, that's true too. I mean, um, I had some clients that way, but generally the people that I choose to work with um, are, per, they're open-minded and they, they, they've either exhausted their efforts or they, they just want someone else to tell them how this is going to work. Um, I try to make it the science for dummies because 
this is science. And if you don't have any in, inclination of how this works, you wouldn't be coming to me to begin with. You did. And so when I train them and teach them, because really this is teaching, we're teaching them about how their body works and how they can use this information for the rest of their life, specific to their goals, but yet they will constantly forget it. You ever, um, you ever seen the videos where I use graphs? I think that's the easiest way for me to explain people's metabolism in relation to their diet and how the metabolism can slow down. You knock it back up and stuff. I use a lot of graphs when I draw. And um, on top of that, I want to ask, let's see if you get this too. The, um, one of the coolest things I've ever seen being a trainer is when somebody listens and I teach them everything. And then they go on their own and two months down the road, they're still sending me progress photos because it's still working because they listened. You know, people would think that we would get Max for not using us. I'm like, dude, he hired me for like six weeks and wrote everything down and took it and ran. Like, that's awesome that he comprehended. That means that I'm relaying the information. He's People are absorbing, they're, they're understanding what I'm trying to teach them. That's the coolest thing I could, and I love getting that because it shows that, you know, that I, I'm teaching it to where people can understand and that they can take it and run with it. And now whenever they get in a bind, they know what to do. It's, I think it's really cool to see people take your knowledge and run with it like that. I mean, do you ever, do you ever get that? I do. I do. I mean, I have a current client right now that I'm working with, um, who sought me out, uh, found me on, on my website and, uh, was hell bent on hiring me. And we started immediately and she has been a sponge since day one. Um, continuously losing weight, calls me up tells me she wants to walk away from the gym hobbling because she wants to train so hard. And like you mentioned earlier, when you get certain clients who absorb the information and are doing so much and they're living this fitness goal and lifestyle, I'll do whatever. I'll, I mean, you want me to show up or you want to train last minute, I'll do it. Oh, yeah. Um, information, yeah, I do. I have also another guy client right now who basically came to me with what you just said. He's like, I know this about me. I know that about me. I just don't know how this works. Will you teach me that? And I'm like, oh, absolutely. And he, I, I write down all my clients' workouts um, on a whiteboard uh, when I train here at my gym. I write them all down so that they know this is what we got to get done today. And that allows them to take a picture of it, use it, record it, reference it, whatever. And the guy who does that, he makes continuous progress every single month. Check him. Yeah. I've, um, or I, you know, I've, I've seen people that have trained before and they'll only come back when they get stuck because they know a lot, but then something new comes up and they're like, Hey man, I've been doing the stuff you taught me and it's working, but I'm stuck right here. And you know, if it's like, you just need to talk to me, figure this out, just come in and I'll do it, man. I don't even charge for that. Like that's, I mean, I get it. Yeah. Um, and that's when I'm doing, consultations that's one thing that I've noticed works is I try to kind of poke holes in their methods or their stories so that they, they can start seeing why what they're doing is not working almost so like it's, it's like you're you're nicely telling them this is what you're gonna have to do you know because and this is why what you're doing is not working yeah so yeah. I mean I, I don't I mean I don't know if that's what everybody else when I was at a more corporate type gym like I was having to learn how to get in a lot of clients and stuff. And that was one thing I learned was being able to nicely point out why their stuff doesn't work or why it doesn't work for them to get them. Yeah, to no, kind that's of, true. Yeah. To I, get them to I open up. I did the same thing. I mean, the, the consult is 
so, so important for us as the trainer and, and just as much as it is for the potential client for them to know what they're getting into, but for us to gather as much information as possible, whether we're asking questions to get the information or we're, we're finding out just by looking at them and seeing what we know based off of our experience. Um, I forgot what your, your question was on that or what the topic was. If um, the way that when you do consults, if you, if you notice that pointing out what they're doing wrong, it kind of gets them to open up a little bit to want to at least start listening to what you're trying to tell them. Yeah. Yeah. And to touch on that a little bit and not get too into the emotions, but I think that some people eat with their, not some shit, a lot of people eat with their emotions oh, yeah. instead, of, instead of their head. Um, and, and that right there is why they're seeking out uh, trainers. Too much emotional eating, whether it's good emotions or bad emotions, will get you into trouble. And then you're three, five years down the later, 30 to 50 pounds overweight. And your blood work looks like shit. You're close to being yeah. diabetic. Your cholesterol, bad cholesterol is up. You know, you might have gout. You're, you know, all kinds of stuff could happen. What wow. do you, when you notice people are emotionally eating, uh, because I've done videos on this theory before, like what, what do you usually do to try to get them to stop? Or what do you, what epiphany do you try to have them make? So one of the biggest questions I ask people in the consult is what, health or food allergies or issues do you have or have you had in the past? And I have had people tell me they've had um, bad relationships with food, meaning binge eating. And when I hear that, or when I hear people who either binge eat or uh, what's the, what's the uh, anorexic eating, that's a big exclamation red flag to me because They've either had problems with it in the past and now they're thinking a personal trainer is going to cure their food problems. Um, I'm not a doctor. I don't claim to be a doctor. And um, if you have a bad relationship with food, this isn't going to work right away. So, um, go ahead. Yeah. So I have had clients who I found out we're on a good roll. We're progressing well. We're checking in. We're losing weight or we're gaining muscle, and then all of a sudden, fuck it. They disappear. It just disappears, they're missing their sessions, and I'm like, okay, I'm a concerned trainer, I wanna know how my client's doing, I gotta call you, or I gotta text you, and I find out, you know, I ate an entire bucket of ice cream last night because this guy I was dating dumped me. I'm like, holy crap, like, you just threw away your life goals for some dude or some, some chick, you know, so, yeah, it happens. I know it happens, but you fall off and get get the fuck back up on, dust yourself off, and let's go. I usually say something like, well, after you ate the ice cream, did your boyfriend come back? No, then why'd you eat the ice cream? <laughs> it's like, I mean, it's, it seems simple, but for some reason, you can't make that connection. It's like, I eat because this happened. Did that eating fix that problem? No, then stop fucking eating. And um, I honestly think, have you ever competed before, before I asked this? I have not. I've, I've never competed. That's something I should have said in the beginning. I have never competed before. I have trained like I was going to compete. Um, but, and I have worked around competitors and, and people who train competitors pretty much my entire career. It is, and I say this to a lot of people who ask me, it is the hardest sport I think there is out there, period. Yeah. There is no sport in the world that is harder 
than bodybuilding or physique or whatever class you're going to call it because it's 24 7 365 there's no break you can't slouch you can't fuck up you can't miss a session you can't miss a, a meal um so with that said i have the most utmost respect for competitors um but yeah i have not competed myself but i've i've to, to understand and know i've put myself through cuts i've put myself uh through bulks i have as an ectomorph put myself up to 125 pounds which is a ridiculous amount of weight for somebody my size and uh i've also cut myself down to seven percent body fat so that's my extent when it comes to understanding uh competition see if i when i train triathletes or or football players or somebody and they call me like dude i feel like ass and i gotta work out back like, all right well dude eat an extra meal throw an extra cup of rice on your food and come in because it's about the performance as long as you're as long as you're in shape it's about the performance so eat more if a bodybuilder calls me says i'm tired i'm like that means nice working get your ass in here let's go it's different and i don't think people and plus the mental game and the question i was going to ask which relates to that is you know how when your blood sugar gets low, you low carb, you start feeling like shit. Like every little thing pisses you off just because your girlfriend didn't text back as fast as she did because she's at work. All of a sudden you start, you just let the snowball build in your head and you lose your shit. And then you eat something, you eat some carbs, you're like, man, I feel, I feel better. Now you've made this emotional connection that eating feels good. And I think when people do it, because you know, the way people eat now, they'll eat once or twice a day. So they probably eat when they're feeling like shit and they start feeling good for a little bit. And they start relating, oh, when I eat, I feel good. It's almost like when I drink, my problems are gone. So yeah. anytime they want to feel good, they eat. When it's like, no, it worked because you were in a certain situation that you probably shouldn't even been in the first place. I think that's one of the triggers that snowballs into emotional eating. Yeah, I mean, you're riding, when you, when you eat like that, you're riding the glycogen wave. It's going to have peaks and valleys of emotions. And you're going to feel great when you're on that peak. You're going to feel like shit when you're in the valley. And so that's kind of where I try and uh, work with my clients to have them metabolize that diet better so that they don't have such horrible feelings constantly throughout the day. And you can get to eat more consistently and not eat shit uh, irregularly. You notice, and uh, even when the glycogen, when the blood sugar spikes up or spikes down rapidly, you become an asshole. Like, even when it, if you didn't eat and then eat a bunch of sugar, like, you're going to be an asshole. Like, those, the, the spikes cause the mood swings. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So to keep it that, consistent. That's exactly it, yeah. Yeah. Food and the chemical, not the chemical, but the, the, the hormone reaction to it is what's causing your emotions to drive, to go, to do whatever it is, whether you're, you know, an angry, an angry workout person or a happy, you know, workout person. I've, I've worked with both. Me, personally, when I'm, when I'm feeling good and my, and I've got a good amount of sugar in me, I'm fucking happy as hell. But I also have worked with some people who feel it's necessary to be angry when they are training all the time. Uh, Preach their own. Preach their own. As long as, as, long as uh, my blood sugar stays consistent, whether it's low or high, so as long as the protein, the vegetables, the carbs are all evened out, I'm usually good. Yeah. When I start drastically changing throughout the day, that's when I am, I am unbearable. Like, I'm can I keep my mouth shut? I bitch about everything. I become a little bit of an asshole. Um, so I try to keep things evened out for the most part, with exception to whatever meal timing you think is necessary around the workout. Now, let me ask you this. Do you think 
protein can be used. This is a complete question we've been talking about, but I'm just curious. Do you think protein can be used as a fat burner? As a fat burner? Yes. Because, you know, supposedly it takes more calories to process than it's worth. And if your metabolism can metabolize and you can eat it, you can end up burning off fat. There has been studies that guys that eat a lot of calories but eat very high protein tend to not gain extra body fat, whether they gain muscle or not. What do you think? I think, I, I think yes, but I think that's dependent on their body type and genetics. Yes, there is a fine line because you can't eat, eat so much of it that it slows shit down literally and you get backed up and clogged and then nothing's yeah. happening. Yeah, no. You have, to, um, you have to adjust it to their metabolism, of course. Yeah, uh, exactly. And, and, and you gotta, you got to gauge that well because they don't, they don't fucking know. <laughs> sorry but no it's true know. it's true they don't know and um but i yeah i do think so yeah definitely i mean i know i've done it for myself um you know i know i for me i tend to, to eat a pretty high protein diet yeah. um i know that i need in between one and a half and if i want to grow two grams per pound that i want to weigh so that's what i'll focus on that's me. That's, that's what I've learned about my body. It's not the same for everybody. Um, I think for most ectomorphs, and I speak about ectomorphs a lot because that's what I relate to the most, um, they have to have a ton of calories and protein to stimulate that muscle growth. I've, um, me personally, I can do high protein for short periods of time and, and look harder and look leaner. But if I don't bring it down after a while, then everything slows down. I get constipated and backed up. My stomach starts hurting. I have to lower it down. Now, mm -hmm. I've noticed Hispanic people, you can jack that shit up, and they can eat it all the time and just get lean. I've, the last few people that were Hispanic background, I was able – they weren't very good with fats, but protein and carbs, you get the protein high, they just started getting lean. It's really um, – somebody once told me that – if you look back at people's ethnicities and see what their ancestors used to eat, it can kind of give you a good idea of what they'll respond to better now. And mm. I do believe there's some truth to that. Because I remember when I first started eating rice, I had a hard time with it. But now that's all I eat. Um, the purple potatoes used to not settle with me very well, but they do now. Because I'm white as shit. We eat like meat and white potatoes. Like that's all we fucking eat. <laughs> and, you know, from the South, so we eat kind of a lot of bread. So yeah. you know, it took me a while to shift over to the foods that we eat here. But I mean, I think people can get used to new stuff, but once again, it has to take baby steps, just like building their meals up. Yeah, exactly. Like you said, baby steps. This does not happen overnight. Um, a lot of people don't drink enough water during the day. And here in Hawaii, with as freaking hot as it is year round, and, and not just year round, through the summer months, and I'm talking, what, March until even now. August is brutal. Long, yeah, I mean, people don't even drink enough water and then they want to come and they want to train and they're like, well, how much water should I drink? And I'm like, start two to three liters. And they're not even drinking 20 ounces in a day. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, okay. So then they see me carrying around this jug all the time. I will drink a gallon of water easily every single day. And that's because I have, my body's adapted to it. It's changed to it. It's taken time to get to that. So not only are you, does your body have to uh, worry about the training and adapting to the new physical um, pressure that you're going to give it, but now you have to understand it takes time for your stomach and your organs to adjust to the volume of nutri nutrition you're going to get. Yeah. Um, 
you know, it's water intake is in re relation to like your size, like how much you sweat that day and you know, how much you're moving around, how much, how much you're eating. There'd be people that'll be like, man, I'm backed up. I'm bloated. And I look at their diet. I'm like, you're hardly eating anything. Well, you know, are you peeing clear? No. I was like, drink some water. And they drink some water and everything just starts processing. And, you know, you come in IHF where there's no air conditioning. And in August, if you have on sleeves, you're going to be soaked. Like, I cut off all my shirts in August working out in there because it's so hot. Like, you've got to be drinking water all the time. And especially if you're on a low-carb diet where it's harder for your body to hold the shit to start with. Yeah. So, um, water is crucial. It's, um, it, it, yeah, it, it, you just have to. I usually tell people to judge it by if they're peeing clear or not. Uh, usually it's a good, a good gauge because I, I have noticed that a lot of times we'll be messing with the diet and it's just the water intake that would make the food process properly. Yeah. No, yeah. Water is huge. I mean, you, your body's made up of 75% water. Your muscles are 75% water. If you're trying to grow muscle. You need that water. If you're not drinking it, you're sweating it all out. You're not replenishing it. You're not going to grow that muscle. That muscle's not going to look full. Um, speaking of IHF, I mean, for people who don't know, IHF is a huge, was it 30,000 square foot, like warehouse gym? Yeah, like cinder block warehouse. Cinder block warehouse gym. And I, I was always taking videos when we were training there of my clients. It's 90 to 95 degrees inside there while you're training and you're pushing your body to its physical limits. I tell you, it takes some time to get used to that. That does not, especially for, I have some clients who are medical. They work in hospitals all day. So they're in air conditioning all day. And then they come to a 95 degree gym and they want to look like an IFBB pro on stage. And I'm like, okay, it's 95 in here. You're used to 70. Uh, this is going to take you a minute to adjust. So I like the fact that that gym is so hot. It really works on your conditioning. Yeah. And we have the water dispensers and stuff too, that can handle the big water bottles. You know, Mark's went out of his way to make sure that we have the filtered water and stuff. So there's no excuse for not bring a milk jug and fill the shit up. You know, when you come yeah. in, if I got guys that come in, there's no water bottle. I'm like, dude, what's your problem? Do you not see how much these people are sweat. We carry our own towels with us everywhere we go for a fucking reason. It's hot in here. People sweat wow. everywhere, you yeah. know, and that's um, your muscle contractions and everything are dependent on that. You got to replace the water. You got to replace the electrolytes. And I, I think, um, you know, it's just one of those misconceptions. People don't think they need to eat or drink water, you know, around training. And that's quite the opposite. You can't even really get a pump unless you have enough water in your system. True. No, you cannot. You don't have enough, enough water in your blood to, to get that pump. So I, I, I like that spot. I like that for that reason, the conditioning. And, and yeah, you've got to drink water. And if you're not, it, you're just wasting your spin. You will. You're trying to outwork that diet. Water is a part of the diet. Yeah, I um the last gym I was at was air conditioned, so I had to kind of get used to that. But now I love it. I mean, now yeah. I go in there and train. I love it. I um, you know, because I don't know. I just um, I I know I know sweating is not an indication that you're burning fat, which a lot of people think if you're sweating, things are happening. The only thing that's happening is you're fucking hot and you're trying to cool down. Yeah. But it's um, I don't know. It's nice. I I like the whole hardcore type atmosphere in there. It's like hardcore, but yet everybody's cool. It's like nobody's a dick in there. So yeah. this, the, the heat and everything, when people start talking about air conditioning stuff, I'm like, man, that would kind of take away from the atmosphere right now. I kind of like it. Just open a window and shut up. You turn on a fan. We got fans everywhere. It, it, it kind of goes with the training too. I think a lot of people get into or, or hire us or want to get in shape. And they think that, I mean, they know it's going to be a challenge, obviously. But what they don't understand is there's going to be times often where you're going to be uncomfortable. You have to. 
you have to be. The body does not change in comfortable situations. And I, I like to use this with a lot of my clients. The comfort zone is a beautiful place, but fucking nothing changes in there. <laughs> so if you want to stay in that zone, that's on you. But if you want to be outside that zone, I promise you things are going to change. And that's, that's life, man. You know, you know how many times I've been comfortable in a situation but not happy, and I've had to take a risk or do something uncomfortable to get to the next level to get better? Like, me going to IHF was a risk. I didn't know if everybody would come with me. I didn't know if I could make money on my own with just me doing my own advertising, but I took the leap, and it turned out very well. Uh, just like Mark probably took a gamble when he opened the gym. It's like there's always – you have to do anything better – you have to like get out of that comfort zone and be uncomfortable at some point. Yeah. Being outside, being in that, that uncomfortable zone, calculated risks will, will generally produce success. Yeah. It's just, um, you know, I wish more people can make that transition from stuff they experience in the gym training to life. Like, you know, so of course, Schwarzenegger always makes this relation about how, he took the things he learned from bodybuilding and applied it to movies and applied it to being governor. And that's how he's always successful. You know, I mean, everybody can make this connection. If you can go in the gym and, and change your body in six to eight months, then there's not anything outside the gym you can't fucking do. No, that's true. That's, that's, that's one thing I have also learned uh, that I'm super thankful about the gym is that it has put me in positions mentally, emotionally, and physically that make things in life, seem pretty fucking easy yeah. <laughs> yeah. honest yeah. to god like i'm like oh piece of cake no problem i'll do it and everyone's like really i'm like dude like i i've been in uncomfortable painful and you know good situations in the gym for, to make life situations most life situations 100 percent doable yeah and um especially i tell somebody when you even if you don't compete if you ever go through a contest type diet and stick with it and don't cheat you know, when you get to the other side, you're going you're gonna to start seeing other people that used to give the excuses that you used to give, and you're in the back of your head just going to be like, dude, shut the fuck up, because yeah. you're going to realize that a lot of this ain't shit, and when you get through that type of preparation and go through, because life happens no matter if you're on a diet or not, and when you learn to take on that workload on top of everything you're already doing, you know, it, it makes you, um, it then makes you a lot tougher, a lot of mentally tougher. And stuff that you used to think was a big deal, you're like, no, nah, we, we got this. This is a lot easier than the shit I was doing a month ago. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, 100%. I mean, I think uh, some people, again, when they're hiring a trainer, they really need to consider, can they do this on a few different levels? One, physically. And two, are you ready to change? Um, two, th three, physically, do you, do you want to make a change? Emotionally, financially, and then do you have the time to add this in? Because if you can't commit to it, it isn't going to work. Well, financially, all the bullshit they can't do when they're trying to diet or gain muscle or, or compete is going to transfer over. So people think they're going to spend all this extra money. I'm like, you're not running up $200 bar tabs on the weekends now because you can't if you're really serious about this goal. So I've had people that used – I mean, some sailors that would say, we can fucking drink. I had some that could really, they would run up some bars, have spent a lot of money going out and they would start training and stick to the diet and be like, dude, I've got so much money now and I'm yeah. buying every supplement. I'm buying extra food. I'm doing this. And I still, I'm like, damn, well, how come I got all this money? And I realized I'm not going out and getting drunk and spending it all in some blackout fashion anymore. So it, it makes a, I mean, financially it's just going to transfer over. And, um, 
Yeah, that's just one of the things I think people try to use for an excuse. It just it, that doesn't fly with me. I mean, I understand people got it rough, especially now with COVID going on. But you know, if you're fussing about money, but then I see you're getting tattoos and tin on your car and going out, I'm like, nah, dude, you're gonna, you need to oh my rearrange, God. rearrange your fucking priorities. Yeah, yeah, and that's one of the biggest things I when I when I sit down with my new potential clients, and I I'll know if they are in their twenties or even early thirties. I'll know that there are going to be times coming up where they're either going to flake on what they owe me or what they uh, what their commitment is to their training. Um, life happens. I get it. There are reasons for celebrations. Go celebrate. Have that birthday. But then get your ass back here and let's start training. But I do see it with the younger kids. And when I say younger, um, yeah, I'd say 32 and younger. 32 to 21. They want to be in shape. They have that Instagram uh, ideal look that they want to achieve, but they still want to have that party lifestyle on the side. And it's when I see that happening, I'll tell them straight up, this ain't going to work. You drinking three times a week, plus coming in here and try to train, it ain't, it ain't happening. Guaranteed it's not going to happen. Yeah, I mean, Beer, we already tried prohibition. It didn't work. Beer's not going out of style. When you get to where you want to be and you want to go out once a month or whatever, that's cool. But right now, you got to kick that shit to the curb. Yeah. Now that, I tell them that right off the bat, too. I've had clients ask me. They're like, um, I'm like, what do you like to drink? And they're like, oh, I'll have, like, a few glasses of wine a night. I'm like, no, not anymore. Yeah. Like, three glasses of wine. Or I've had some people tell me they'll have a bottle or a case of beer a night. I'm like, you have a drinking problem. Yeah, you need to see someone else first before you come in yeah. here. <laughs> exactly. Or people but, say like, you know, they, think, they think we're the fix-all. Like, we're going to get them in shape, and we're going to fix all their fucking problems. Oh, they if, they if they do the, I have to drink wine because I can't sleep at night. And then I was like, okay, well, how do you eat? And I'm like, oh, you can't sleep because you're not eating. Your body, I've noticed that when people under-eat, and they're depleted, their body really has no reason to sleep. It can't regenerate. It has nothing to do that off of. I was like, start eating this shit like you're supposed to, and you're going to sleep better. And, you know, some people do, and they're like, you know, I didn't even have to drink. I went right to bed. I was like, yeah, it's because you're eating it up, and you're coming in here and getting your ass beat, and you're able to recover. So your body's going to trigger that sleep. That's the go out on a limb. That's one of the reasons why I think when your insulin spikes is why you get tired, is because your insulin starts storing all that stuff in the muscle. Your insulin lowers uh, cortisol. It cuts off any catabolic going on. And you start getting tired and wanting to sleep, you're just signaling even I know it's a storage hormone, but I think it also signals, hey, it's time to regenerate. Yeah, yeah, that's true. People I mean, under eat, they can't fucking sleep. Body works off of food, good food. If you feed it what it needs, it will do what you want it to do. Yeah. And, the, and what it needs to do. And I mean that that's that's just basics right there. Alcohol is is fun and there's only one benefit to it. You, you have a good time. Body can't do a damn thing with it. I want to bring up one more thing before we call sure, it a day. Sure. Um, because I'm sure I'm not the only person who's experienced this, but have you ever had the client that they came in, they're on their last limb, they're like, whether it's I'm going to get kicked out of the military or my health, I'm going to have to get gastric bypass or something. And I don't even want to get in gastric bypass. I can rant about that shit all day. But, and, you know, they, they have no hope. And they're like, I'm coming to you because I have to, and I, I don't know what's going to work. And they bitch about everything they have to do. Like, I, I have to carry food, and I have to eat. 
But as soon as they see a little bit of results, it like puts that light at the end of the tunnel. And it, because a lot of these people can't envision what they'll look like in shape. So because they can't envision it, it really fucks things up. You have mm -hmm. to be able to give them that foresight and make them at least imagine what they think they're going to look like or be. And once they put their pants on and realize they're a little bit looser than last week, all of a sudden it's like this light at the end of the tunnel shows up and they go from bitching to being like, I want to do more. I'm carrying my cooler wherever I go with me. Um, do I need to increase my food, decrease the food? They start sticking to everything because they finally believe they can at that point. Yeah. Have you ever seen, I'm sure you have seen that happen before. Yeah, yeah, I have. I mean, I, I've, I've worked with people who were seriously morbidly obese, 150 pounds plus overweight, Jesus. Um, shown them. I think the problem with people who have a lot of weight to lose is that they're focusing on the big picture, the end result too much. They put that shit up on a pedestal. And for people like that, my experience, the best advice I give them is, let's focus on one pound at a time. Get that pound, and then we get the next pound. And that just turns into a snowball. Yeah, that's true. And so it makes it a lot easier for them because if they're always focusing on, I have 150 pounds to lose, or I have 70 pounds to lose, that's a big number. Psychologically, that's a big number to them. They know that because they know they're tired of dealing with this extra weight. So I have had people who have taken to it really well and they see the light and they keep coming. And those are the clients that uh, have been my most successful uh, transformations from start to finish because they just stuck with it. It wasn't easy. There was definitely times where they quit or they took long breaks, but I always reel them back in and be like, no, you have gotten too far to quit. Let's keep going. You know, it's funny you say that because I think people will blow the and go up in their head too much and it makes them say, you know what, I can't do this, fuck it. It's easier to say fuck it when you got 100 pounds to lose. But yeah. sometimes I'll use this tactic to get people to finally stick to their diet. I'll be like, you give me 10 fucking pounds, man. 10 pounds. And that Saturday, as long as you keep alcohol out of it, I'll let you go have something you want to eat as for a meal. Yeah, yeah. You, you have to give me 10 pounds. And you know, that works and it'll even go as far as somebody being like, you know what? I got this far. I don't want to, because they'll get in this rhythm. Cause you know, once you get the body started, sometimes it just keeps going. And if they get in that rhythm, they're going to be like, you know what? I don't want to fuck this up. I can go 10 more before I do anything like that. And you're like, Oh, now, now we, now we're talking now. Now we got something going because now they believe. So they don't even want to risk fucking it up just uh, cause they're, instead of being happy eating, they're happy with the results they're getting. So they're like, you know, fuck cheat meals. I just want to keep going. Some people yeah. you do get that, that change their mind once they see it like that. And the people that they're, these, your, our clients, these, these weight loss clients, the people that they hang out around, I tell them, look, if your circle doesn't support what you're doing, it's going to make it a lot harder. I see you for one hour a day and you can text me and call me anytime you want, but you're around your friends and if they're not supporting you, hey, you shouldn't be doing this or, you know, and they're encouraging them to, to fall off the wagon, this makes it more tough. So I tell them, people you are around the most, tell them you're going to do this and tell them it's important to you. And if they don't support you, you shouldn't be around them during this time. And those are usually the ones that are calling you asking for help when they see what you've got and they see that, you know, they're not there. Or, you know, sometimes I'll tell people, you know, the guy at work that's saying, hey, you don't need to be eating that. I heard you should do this. I'll be like, I bet he's like fucking 300 pounds. He's an accountant. He's not even a fucking trainer. And he's trying to tell you to fall off so that he can feel better about himself. Like, yep, yep. yeah, it, it, uh, you, you do have to change your environment. And um, honestly, from what I've seen is 
when people take that first step to kind of get rid of the things they don't need, they think there'll be this small transition where they're alone, but they end up start meeting other people that do the same shit they do and their environment starts molding around their goals as long as they just give it time. And then they're okay. Like all this bodybuilding stuff, we hang out together. If we're all doing something, we pull meals out of Tupperware. It's not fucking weird. We're all doing it. You know, so we, we get it. It's yeah. just, but you have to go, like you said, you have to break out of that comfort zone and go off on your own a little bit before you start meeting those people. But yeah, you know, who you're around, like it, it, they'll tell you anything to get you to do what they're doing. But you know, honestly, because they don't really give a shit about your goals. Yeah. To, to, to end this, the, the one thing I, I like to tell my clients, because this is such a commitment, like kind of going back to the beginning, fitness is a commitment. It's, it's your health is your wealth. And this is a small, small portion of your life to figure your shit out, figure your body out, know how it works. That when you decide later on and you gain a little bit of weight, you know how to fucking take that shit back off. You don't always need to rely on a trainer. I'm not saying I don't want to work with everybody in the future, but it's a small amount of time to learn what you need to learn, do what you got to do, so that you're not coming down with underlying health conditions, which seems to be the biggest issue right now. That's a good point. I might steal that from you. I usually say it in a more uh, not so nice approach, but. I might, I, might, I might take yours and use it if you don't mind. As, uh, that's, uh, that's a good point. It is. I mean, honestly, if you don't do it now, 10 years down the road, you're going to wish you did. You're going to try to do it then. It's going to be harder. So you might as well just harder. do it now. So much harder, man. Do it, do it in your 20s. Do it in your 30s. That shit happens. In, I'm 41. I just turned 41. So I'm already noticing with myself. It takes longer for things to happen. Now that I've turned, you know, as my, I get older, I'm not going to say it's like I hit 41 and got older, but it does, things don't happen as fast as they used to. Yeah. Well, Drew, I'm very glad you came on and, and uh, did Thank this. I, um, send me your website, email, whatever, contact or Instagram info. I'll put it all in the description. Guys, if you're interested in, in contacting him or if you're on Island on Oahu, you wanted to train you, I'm going to put all this contact info. Um, if you're on the podcast or YouTube, it's going to be in the description. Um, hit them up. And, yeah, sure. Uh, my, my website is uh, www.islandbodyfit.com. Um, I'm on Instagram quite a bit too at islandbodyfit, and uh, you know the Facebook, and you can email me at islandbodyfit um, at gmail.com. So awesome. it's all pretty much islandbodyfit. And I'll put all those links in the description so you can just click it and get there, guys. Uh, Drew, um, I'd like to when we get some other trainers on. I want to eventually get to where we have trainer debates about certain topics and. I definitely would like to have you be one of them on there. Kind of like what we do with IHF, but since we're closed, I was going to kind of keep it going on mine for a little bit. So um, when we hit that point, I'd love to have you back on and talk about some more stuff. Definitely. I'm down, dude. I, I love this kind of stuff. This is, oh, yeah. This is what I learned. We all learn from each other. So let, let's, let's keep, this, uh, keep this going. Awesome. All right, Drew, man. You have the rest. Um, we'll see you this Friday. Yeah, enjoy your weekend, man. And uh, we'll talk to you later. All right, man. Love.